0: Um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Darshan Mehta, an entrepreneur in the consumer insights space, and now author of a super interesting new book, called getting to aha. Let's jump right into our conversation. Okay. Darshan, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you Alex, great to be here.
1: Yeah, you're coming from us uh from a long 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 way away in uh, in Thailand. Um super cool. I want to hear all about what brought you there and what you're doing there. You just you wrote a book. Sounds amazing. Excited to hear all about that. You've had like a very entrepreneurial career. Um, so I guess let's just start at the beginning. You know, what type of kid were you growing up? Did you think, oh, I'm going to like be a founder? Or I'm going to go like work for a big company. Like where did, uh, you know, where did uh, the values that you have today start to start to show?
0: Sure. Um, I was born in actually India and uh, I moved to the U.S. as a four-year-old. And I actually remember, I grew up very uh, in humble uh, beginnings. Um, in fact, I remember coming from India to the U.S. for the first time and uh, saw my first black and white television in London. And I remember thinking, it was a, I remember it's a, a nine-inch black and white Mitsubishi. And I saw a guy in the TV and I'm thinking to myself, how did they get him in there? Because <laughs> I'd never seen a TV you know, I had grown up in it. But I was very fortunate because I grew up in a very entrepreneurial uh, household. My dad was very entrepreneur. Uh, he arrived in the U.S. with eight dollars in his pocket, and has the amazing uh, story as a result of that. So that really helped.
1: Yeah, super inspiring to you know see a parent do that. And yeah, I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur too. And although he always told me, you know, go work for some company, you know, because that that that's what he always thought was was so great. So like actually, actually, what I did right out of college, but you know, then you come back to like what your your true calling is, and for me, that's entrepreneurship as well.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's wrong to go for a big company either. I mean, you learn a lot either way, um, but I think I think you're right. Sometimes if you have that entrepreneurial bug uh, in your DNA, it's just going to come to the forefront one way or another.
1: Right. So uh, did you go to college? What happened, uh, what happened as you started to get a little older?
0: Yeah, so I went to college, and one thing I realized I really liked in college was working on case studies. I, I actually realized I really did mind problems. I liked identifying the problems, but I just love solutions. And so as a result of that, I then made a decision when I graduated to do one of two things. One, I wanted to go into consulting because I thought it'd be interesting to work on different projects and actually solve problems. And that'd be a way to actually learn about different industries and uh, products and services. Um, But also made a bit of a lifestyle decision saying I really wanted to have flexibility uh, with my time. And so combination of two, I actually went into consulting um, I actually did work for a consulting company for a while, but then I decided to go on my own and I kind of figured you know, before you get used to money and uh, sleep, you might as well take your chances and see if you can make it. Cause, uh, I, I would believe in uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So if you can kind of force yourself to, uh, kind of make it happen. So in other words, set a destination and then you can kind of make yourself, make it happen in terms of lifestyle and everything and make decisions to get there.
1: Right. Yeah. Tough when you're, you know, don't have your back up against the wall, as you say, that's, that's when like real big, uh, changing, life-changing outcomes can, can arise.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So yeah. And consulting is a great place to begin your career. You get to see all sorts of different industries and things that are working and things that aren't working. And you can, you know, kind of glean something that says, okay, well, there's a big opportunity here. I can go jump off and, and, and do X. So is that kind of how, how it worked for you?
0: A little bit. Yeah. And I also like teaching, so I was teaching part-time as well. Um, But then I actually got more focused into branding, marketing, uh, advertising, uh, and market research consulting. And so I really started doing that. And then, uh, you know, I've always uh, had a kind of a leaning towards technology and solutions. And I guess I've been accused since I was originally born from India, I had the extra uh, gene for technology. (laughs) So I started dabbling with online research in 96, 98 and that's when I actually started with iResearch and started getting into online surveys and online focus groups.
1: Interesting. Okay, so tell us about what what iResearch is.
0: Well, you might actually like the story of how I actually got the name iResearch at that time. Uh this is before Google. It was actually Yahoo was the search engine then. And uh Yahoo was listing based on alphabetical order. So instead of having, you know, triple A or five A's, iResearch <laughs> Uh, I decided. I realized that if you put an exclamation point, you would actually go to the very top of the list. And so the actual name was exclamation research, but you can't get a domain name with an exclamation. So the domain name is iResearch.
1: <laughs> uh, very crafty. I love that.
0: <laughs> and this is before all the, you know, things about, you know, i came out to be uh, part of the internet and everything. So it was kind of lucky. Again, it, it was necessity, right? Necessity, the mother of invention there again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just listened to a podcast about uh, the Sears catalog when they were selling, you know, complete homes in it, but they made the Sears catalog one inch narrower and one inch shorter than like their competitor catalog. So that when um, someone was cleaning up the house, they would put the Sears catalog on top of the bigger yeah. catalog. Um, <laughs> yeah. has been happening yeah. for for hundreds of years. So and that that is an in, that's an insight, right?
0: I mean, that's what we, that's kind of what my book is about insights. And that is an insight that can really make a difference. And you know, that was just observing human behavior, knowing that they just tend to put the smaller one on top, so it has more symmetry, right? Um, and but that made a big
1: difference, right? I mean, and you've built sounds like you're. I'm hearing about you're starting to build your career based around these consumer insights and starting internet businesses. Um. So, uh, Darshan, where do, where do things go from here?
0: So then I uh, was actually, um, at the time when I started dabbling with online surveys and focus groups, there wasn't really any solution out there, so I had to create my own. And it was also partly, you know, the experiment, hey, is this really going to work or not? And so I actually started developing my own tools to use for clients and projects internally. And now that's turned into now actually me launching iResearch as a platform that others can use to do focus groups on their own, um, you know, quickly, easily, much more affordably, anytime, anywhere, and in any language.
1: Wow, super cool. So, so give us an example of, you know, someone, someone using iResearch today.
0: Sure. Um, well, there's lots of ways to do insights. And so where we benefit is that a lot of companies have found that if you can get insights early on, you have a real distinct advantage for innovation and a competitive edge with your, uh, uh marketplace. And eventually, you know, if you just look at the world around you, many things we take for fact or existing at one point was an insight, right? That someone had and now is just accepted. I mean, just, just think about I mean, how much we use our phones now, smartphones. But, you know, they didn't exist when you and I were born, all right? And at some point, you know, uh, there was an insight and they turned it into a product that now everybody accepts as just given. Has, it's just part of everyday life.
1: Right. So your platform enables companies to start to talk to consumers and start to uh, flesh out some of these uh, trends and behaviors and insights. Well, what turns into insights?
0: Yeah, you know, and that's where the benefit of me doing consulting early on helped because I noticed a lot of companies that were doing consulting projects always wanted to get at the why. But they often ended up doing surveys because they were easier, um, more familiar, um, and you know, just much more affordable but they still were missing the why. And getting at the why has always been a bit more expensive to get into what people think and feel because that requires actually doing qualitative research in focus groups. And that's always been a bit of an expensive endeavor. So it's always kind of the realm of the big players. But with my platform, it's I think equalizing it so that basically anyone can actually do it uh, at scale and reap the benefits of getting into the why and and the deeper insights that make people act and do things.
1: Right. Pretty cool. I mean, you're in this really cool little spot of, uh, of kind of getting to see all this consumer research from all sorts of different, uh, companies and jobs and industries. Um, so I, I guess like the next question is, is like, you're in this really awesome spot. What do you do next? Like I I'm I'm assuming it's starting to think, okay, well, how do I share this stuff? And, you know, getting to the book.
0: Exactly. So, uh, you know, one of the things I realize a lot of times people talk about insights, but I'm not sure they're often using the term properly. Um, sometimes people think insights are just facts or observations, but it's much more than that. It's a combination of facts, observations, technical trends, technological trends. It's the combination of all of that. You synthesize and say, aha, this is what's really going on. This is what's driving it. And I'll give you an example. I think we're all very familiar with insights on a regular basis with a really good comedian, right? I mean, uh, a good comedian can take things that are out in the world, put it together with something else. and makes you say, Oh my God, that is so true. And so funny. That's an insight.
1: Yep. Jerry Seinfeld made hundreds (laughs) of millions (laughs) of dollars doing exactly that. You're right. Taking something that's so simple. And as soon as he says it, you're like, Oh yeah. Like cereal gets soggy. Like it's just like (laughs) the simplest thing. But your brain doesn't make that that simple connection. And, I mean, clearly it's not that simple to make that connection because, I mean, there's people like well, you actually, and my kid that
0: – Yeah, actually your brain has made it subconsciously, right? But it hasn't been articulated and synthesized in a way that just puts it all together. And that's what's going on. And that's also the thing with insights and, and decision-making. 95% of most people's decisions are at the subconscious level, right? Because we as humans are able to process a tremendous amount of – Information visually, uh, you know, and in all in all of our senses, and and also combine that with emotion, and often we don't quite articulate right. But once it's all synthesised and articulated, it's like aha, that's it.
1: Right, and that's the book getting to aha.
0: <laughs> exactly, today's insight to tomorrow's facts. Exactly. Are we having an aha moment, Alex?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. It. I mean, it's 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 just it's such a fun. Uh, it's such a fun fun name. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear more about the book. Like, what's the structure of it? Like, what are some of the you know some of the the topics and you know key key ideas in it?
0: Well, I try to make it conversational again as possible, um, and uh, I think what the readers might find really valuable and there's lots of examples, and really try to walk through why insights are. Uh, important, actually how to go about getting insights. And in a nutshell, there's insights all around us. And one of the keys to these insights is really having conversations. And I think in this day of digital, we're actually having fewer conversations and uh, we actually need them more. Even with big data, which is great, that's wonderful. That only tells you what people have done. It doesn't tell you why they're doing it. And so you still need the context of what's really going behind this. And a lot of times that's where the opportunity lies in making a product better or different or even going in a different direction. I'll give you an example, even from the book, right? Um, innovation can come in many forms. For the longest time, Gillette was innovating with extra blades, right? We went from two, three, four, five blades and then even a, you know, a, a buzzing and a light, all kinds of stuff though, right? But one of the things that happened as a result of that, it made the product more expensive. And it also changed the buying experience for the product to the point where it was so expensive that it had to be locked behind a cabinet. So when you went to the store, you had to get a clerk to actually open it and buy. So it took away from the buying experience. So along comes a small competitor startup and says, you know, I wanted to change the experience. You know, why can't you just get your blades for a lot less, equally good or better, and by mail and do it by subscription?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for a dollar.
0: Exactly. And it totally changed. And this is a company that had owned like 72% of the market share. And, you know, it just hadn't had that insight because innovation is just, is not just an iteration of the product, right? It's actually looking at the entire thing.
1: Yeah. Holistically.
0: Yep. And the other thing I'm talking about in the book, and I think nowadays now, I don't think people are buying products alone. I think they're buying experiences. And it goes from the very beginning to the time they hear about you, interact with you to buy it. And even post-purchase, you know, what's the experience afterwards? And, you know, with there's so many choices out there, people are making, I think, decisions about the total experience with a product or service.
1: Interesting. And Darshan, what about like the next step? It's like, all right, I see this. I see this trend, this insight, something happening, like what the dollar shave guy did. And I know for a fact that he had a very, very difficult time raising money in the beginning. Everyone said, oh, you like, you can't build a business, you know, on $1 and no one wants that. Like, how do you get the confidence, the determination, the staying power just to see something, believe it and say, I know everybody else in the universe is wrong and I'm right. And like, this is, this will be something that, that comes to fruition. (laughs)
0: Well, part of that is just having that entrepreneurial spirit to say, you know, no matter what, I'm just going to go for it. But the other is you can actually do some research early on. Right. You can actually talk to the marketplace. So he actually did as well and found out that there was a need for it. And but he also did another interesting thing that I think really helped him early on is that he not only uh, created the product, but conveyed it in simple terms, but he evoked an emotion. And that was his first video that he did. And I think he spent maybe like $4,500 for the video, but he evoked an emotion because he made the entire process funny and really relatable. And I think in the first day, they sold like 12,000 razors, (laughs) Right. you know? So, you know, if you really think about it, most products are going to do one, if not all three things. And I say plus one, and those three things. Any one of those three things are going to be either they're going to save you time, money, or make it easier. If you can do all three of those things, I would argue you might even have a 3x chance of being more successful than uh, just doing one of them, right? But if you evoke an emotion on top of that, hey, it could be 6x, 10x, 12x. I don't know, right? It really depends on that emotion that you tap into that really connects with the audience.
1: Right, tying that all together through through that emotion, that that human element.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: So interesting. So, uh, I mean, the book sounds amazing. People can, I, I assume, can you know get it on Amazon everywhere, all the all the book places. Yeah, yeah. in fact, it's on it's on Amazon
0: right now, um, and uh, it's available right now this week. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but it's available for uh, 99 cents right now.
1: Oh, 99 cents! Wow, what a deal! Yeah. <laughs> all this all this yeah. <laughs> insight for a buck
0: it's for the intro week for friends and family, So, you know, uh, everybody can get a piece
1: of it. Pretty cool. So Darshan, I'll get you out of here on this, just, you know, a a piece of advice for, uh, you know, someone early in their career journey trying to carve out their place in in the world. Do you, do you have, you know, something that you tell someone, you know, work hard, follow your passions, small company entrepreneurship. I mean, there's no right answers to any of those things, but, um, just, you know, kind of gleaning from your journey. Uh, how about a piece of advice?
0: Sure. The one thing I've learned is I think if you can early on think about what's your north star. In other words, what's your destination that you're heading for? And I would even argue kind of go a little bit higher than you actually want to originally. For example, do you want to be the best in your state or the best in uh, your country? I'd say why not just go for the best in the world, right? Because even if you can't get there on the first or second try, you might get there eventually and you get a lot closer to it. But the point I'm trying to make is where you set your north star is going to determine all the other decisions that you're going to make to get there. So if your North Star, is, let's say to be the best of the state versus being the best in the world, there's going to be a whole nother set of decisions that you're going to make along the way. And so I would say actually go stretch beyond a little bit and go for a higher North Star and you'll be amazed at what you can make happen. Um, Again, yeah, if not the first go around, second go around, but maybe the third and fourth, you're going to get a lot closer to the ultimate North Star.
1: Right. And-, and- how specific do you think that North Star should be? You know, I I think it should be pretty precise because otherwise it's just like, I want a high up job at a good company and make lots of money. Like, okay, great. That's, That's pretty broad.
0: Yeah, it should be precise. I mean, if you want to, you know, once you graduate, let's say you want to say, there's a certain lifestyle I want, okay, fine. You know, what is it going to take to afford that lifestyle? And then you can make all the decisions to get to that. It's almost basically deducing and working it backwards. Right.
1: All right, Darshan, this was awesome speaking with you. Thanks so much for coming on here.
0: Hey, thanks, Alex. It was great talking to you. appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Thanks.